and welcome back to PH Expanded with, with Mike McDonald. Uh, I've just come back a few hours ago from uh, an experience that I didn't quite believe in. Uh, I'd heard that Knoxville, Tennessee, which is the closest big city to where I live, had um, an Arsenal pub, but I did not believe that it was true. Uh, Knoxville is a medium-sized city in a in a very rural uh, part of Tennessee where um, I didn't think anybody really much liked Arsenal. I've only met one in 22 years, one guy that likes Arsenal. Uh, everybody here is nuts for the Tennessee Volunteers who are currently playing upstairs. Uh, not in my house, that would be strange. But they have 107,000 capacity. So if you have never had an understanding of college football in this country, it's more popular I would say, than professional American football um, and uh, most other of the American sports. It's what the local people really love. I think they're like the pureness of college football. They're not paid and don't have egos quite the same as the professional athletes and the games don't seem quite as corrupt as NBA basketball. But anyway, I digress. Um, Knoxville, Tennessee has an Arsenal pub. And so just to say again that the hops and holler uh, in Knoxville is uh, uh, deserves much credit for assembling such a, a cool crew of guys that were down there, including as I walked in, uh, about seven guys that used to be on my club team who, have, who I haven't seen for years. Uh, they're all about 25 uh, years of age and uh, they're all wearing Arsenal jerseys. And so I take a little bit of uh, I don't know, that's credit or whatever it is for adding to the Arsenal fan base and encouraging them for the 10 years that I, I coached them, that, uh, that Arsenal was what they were missing in their lives. And there they were standing in Arsenal jerseys in, uh, in the pub. So that was a super cool experience for me. But it's not the sliding doors moment in the game because uh, be it Saka's uh, opportunity with that header that Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, diverted wide or Tavares, which seemed like it was the sliding doors moment when he... He gave uh, them the second goal. It probably was, but um, I feel like the midfield not really stopping the bleeding. Uh, and I don't know if that's just on the midfield or it, or it's Arteta or whether you can even ask the coach to be able to communicate that at a noisy and compact Anfield. That's hard to point the finger, but Arsenal do have these periods where we start bleeding. And the second half, was it, I don't know if it was straight from the kickoff. Uh, it seemed like it was because Sambi got taken off after seven minutes. But uh, anyway, the bleeding was happening and Arsenal were under that cosh for 15 or 20 minutes. And I thought that that really was where the game swung. We, as an improvement, need to find a way, don't we? We have to find a way to stop that from happening and gain some territory and uh, I think it's with honestly the uh, the signing of uh, an athletic aggressive physical aerial threat of a striker that can give us an out uh, a, a way to not go through the midfield and go uh, more directly and, and so he can post up and retain possession and we can get out of these sticky situations we all know it's not the first time that we've needed an out ball um, ever since we've sort of pressed reset and, and started again with our team it's the only thing we don't have in our squad to our credit we don't have it 
as an option anywhere. So I felt that that probably was as big a sliding doors moment as any. The positive that I wanted to grab is probably the takeaway from the game. We lost, I believe, 4-0. Was it the last time we played Liverpool? We certainly have lost 4-0 to them, maybe more than once. And we lost 4-0 again. But I do, I do not feel the same way after the game. I, even though I feel uh, I let down by shooting ourselves in the foot with defensive errors that I thought had largely gone away, I just we just sit in a different place now. We have an encouraging uh, young team with lots of talent who I think it's fair for them, us and everybody to understand that we are not at Liverpool's level and we were not expected to win. But we still have a team with potential and far from where we were at the beginning of the season and the improvements have been pretty rapid. Uh, that's not how I felt the last time we lost 4-0 to Liverpool. I felt that we were on the slide. So I think that's the biggest positive. In actual fact, that's strange, isn't it? Uh, the need that I would pick out is, and again, I don't know if I'm being harsh here, but Mikel Arteta's in-game uh, awareness of what's happening, and again, the bleeding uh, needs to be stopped and addressed quickly. And I don't know if it's on him, because if he does spot it and is trying to communicate it, now the fans are back in, and without a senior figure in the middle of the field, rather than your captains and senior players being at the top of the pitch and maybe less able to communicate to uh, the younger players, there seems to be a need for that communication to turn into a change in game state. And that might well arrive shortly with Granite Xhaka. And I just hope that that's not what it is. I have been ready to move on from Xhaka and I'm more than happy to keep going with Lekonga and, and Maitland-Niles alongside Party. And I would like to add another midfielder. Probably that's going to be in the summer. Um, but I don't really want to have to... I think it's more that I don't want to have to rely on Granite Xhaka. And if there's something missing in the Arsenal team that only Granite Xhaka has, that sort of burns my soul a little bit. I don't want him... I understand his qualities and he has them and he's a, he's a good footballer, but I just don't want us to have that reliance on Granite Xhaka and, and just Granite Xhaka because nobody else has this leadership quality in the team, in the area that it's needed in. Oh, man. I've just gotten to press myself again. Oh, crap. <laughs> anyway. All right, moving on. Okay. Grabbing a hope for the future. I take that as much as I take the 4-0 the situation as a positive. Uh, I take the fact that I look at Liverpool's development. I look at where they were when they started and where they've got to and that they've maintained it as well. And specifically, I look at the constant pressure that they put on the ball, how fit they are, these players, um, and how they're able to uh, have such confidence in each other 
that they can leave spaces behind and press together and press and always, and I say always, put pressure on the ball. It seemed like whenever we had the ball anywhere in the middle third in particular, there was always instant pressure uh, on our players. I can't remember any other game in recent history where we've been robbed so often in midfield with with good technical midfielders. But again, what Liverpool are bringing isn't new to football, but it's there's not many teams that can do it with that intensity and that thunder that, that Klopp insists his players bring. Um, and it's new enough to where... Uh, I just feel like we haven't adapted to that. It was almost like a, a culture shock. I, f- I felt like one of those European teams that comes to England to play a Champions League, Europa League game, and they come up against the non-stop pressing and relentlessness of, of English football, and we beat them, really, because they're not used to it, and it takes them too long to adapt, and the game's gone because English football is more relentless. So that was how I felt. That was my emotion. And and I just feel like in time that not just because Liverpool are doing it, but because football is moving that way into the belief system that pressing is king. Maybe it's the most important of things. You're going to have the ball. Uh, All professional footballers have qualities and are good if they are given time and space. And if you can rob them of that, then you have a far better chance. And I am on board for that theory. It's what I teach my high school team, that pressing is king. Uh, What you do off the ball and the intensity with which you do it is king. And all players, as it was proven yesterday, are susceptible to error if you make them feel uncomfortable. So I think in the future that Arsenal will get to a place where we can replicate that level of intensity for longer than we currently do. Uh, And I look forward to that. And I look forward to this team uh, with just a few more additions uh, making big strides. And my last thought is just going back to what I wrote in the blog is that uh, we are in a pretty cool place considering you know, that our run has put us in a spot where today we actually could have gone joint second. We are now staying in fifth and we're right around everybody else. And I think everybody would have taken that at the beginning of the season, that at this point in the season that we are fighting for Champions League football. And it looks like just the one place for, I haven't counted, but there's probably five or six or seven teams that probably think they can grab it. So it's going to get intense, uh, but I would stick my neck out to say that as a neutral observer, which I am not, that Arsenal are the best of the rest. And I fancy us to nick that. Hey, thanks for uh, for reading my blog. Thank you for supporting my work and sharing it and such and, and listening to uh, these 15 minutes or so means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And if you ever are in Knoxville, in East Tennessee, then try out try out the, the hops and holler on a match day. It feels like a, a pub from England has just been picked up and dropped in the middle of the land that I live in. And 
it was quite glorious to, to know that there's more than me and my red and white jersey here. So, cheerio.